Hey guys, this is Pete, just inviting you to check out my ebook novels, Frankenstein Soul's Echo and Frankenstein A Life Beyond. Uh, also, my award winning children's chapter book, Princess Belle and the Dragon's Charm, all on EnceladusLiterary.com. Thanks, now on with the show. Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we'd fix it. With your host, Pete. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. And Greg. These two idiots. <laughs> and we slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. I say welcome to Fresh Air. Our guest today is a person who has just finally caught on to the DC Universe in television form. He realizes how wonderful The Flash is. How excited the Supergirl is. He has no idea about Arrow, who started it all. But he certainly is a legend. He's with us now. His name <laughs> is Barry Allen, and he's the fastest man alive. Go ahead. <laughs> Welcome to Fresh Air. Today, I will be interviewing a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> so, you finally caught up on the DC television thanks to the wonderful world of streaming. Uh, uh, kind of. <laughs> All right. Well, see you later. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yes, three of three of four I have caught up on. But there's more. There's always more because you haven't you haven't watched Gotham on Fox or Constantine when it was on NBC. Uh, I don't know how much interest I have in those. I kind of backed into the ones that I watched. Fair enough. Well, the ones that are out there. It started with <clears> Arrow and moved on to the Flash. Supergirl started on CBS, Legends of Tomorrow spun off, and they're one big happy CW universe now. And are all of them on the CW now? All of them are now, yeah. Oh, okay. You know, also, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Supergirl had moved locations. I thought uh, no, CBS was, still had them. No, it was on CBS for season one, and then moved over ever since. So and then Callista Flockhart said, "Screw this! I'm not going to Vancouver." <laughs> she doesn't even know what a Millennium Falcon is. <laughs> she certainly doesn't know what a nucleon painter plan is. <laughs> <laughs> so we live in the world now where DC rules television and Marvel rules films, and yet they're constantly trying to do the other themselves. And who will dominate them all? Okay, can I just make an observation that you're free to shoot down immediately. Maybe. Okay. Now, again, my viewing of this is incomplete, so this may not be a valid statement, but I kind of feel like the film universes versus the tone of the TV universes is complete opposite for both of these juggernauts. So like the Marvel movies tend to have more humor in them and, uh, be more kind of ensemble driven. I feel like the Marvel television series largely are meant to be darker and faster, more intense. Um, and the DC shows seem to be much more, at least what I've seen, uh, kind of like adventures of the week, um, type of thing. Uh, and pretty good with like the ensemble stuff. And then the movies are these dark, 
weird <laughs> reactionary movies to every review that gets thrown out at them. So that's all centered around Zack Snyder. Oh, God. It really so if, we just, if we just put the people in charge of the television shows in charge of the film universe, we'd probably be okay. Yes. And that's my theory. And while we're recording right now, I think that somebody could be smart at Warner Brothers right now and say, you know what? We haven't shown Wonder Woman on TV. We haven't shown Aquaman on TV. But we have shown The Flash and Superman on TV, and to a lesser extent, we've talked about Bruce Wayne. Why don't we just do A Crisis on Infinite Earths, which they have now teased as the crossover next season, is the full Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was a comic run in the 80s that, for all intents and purposes, had taken the previous 40 years of just stories that were all over the place, and said, let's just shrink it all down and make one universe and start from scratch. So that's probably what they're going to try and do on TV. And I thought, well, why doesn't Warner Brothers just go all in? Eventually, they're going to have a Warner Brothers streaming, just like Disney Plus or uh, you know Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, whatever. Woo! Nickel and dimed. <laughs> what they need to do, put the money into it, and merge the cinematic and the television and create a justice league out of everything that's worked so far in either one merge them into one universe, bring Jason Momoa on for an episode of Supergirl and bring Barry Allen into wonder woman, 1984 and, Suddenly, you have one big cross-pollinated multimedia orgasmic universe that will explode everyone's minds because they can watch all of these things in a theater, streaming, on TV, on your phone, on your PlayStation, and in comic books, and they'll destroy Marvel, they'll take down Star Wars, and they'll say, this is how you cross-pollinate and make everything connected, jerks. <laughs> I'll also end it with the jerks. Yep. Um, all right. Well, I had a couple. I had a couple of questions uh, to keep my ignorance on full display here. How how original are these to the like source material, and how slavish are they to the source material? Are they mostly stories where they're riffing on things that have happened in the comics, or is a lot of this stuff just kind of like eh, it seems like fun, and they like go off, and we have like a nice little season arc kind of thing going on. No, they're absolutely doing what everyone else has been doing in the last 10 years, which is taking a story from the comic books, but adapting it for their own needs. So everything gotcha. that's everything that's in the shows has some basis from 70 years of, of, of comic storytelling. So, if you see some random villain pop up, it's almost certain that they were a character somewhere in like a 1978 offshoot issue of The Flash or something. Okay, okay. So, because these guys know what the hell they're doing, these guys are ultimate fanboys. Berlanti and I don't want to say Kreisberg because Kreisberg got kicked off from the Me Too movement foolishness, but. Um, yeah, they, these guys are the ultimate in fanboys. It's like Kevin Feige. He, he knows every last bit of Marvel history, and he knows how to adapt it for the story they're telling. So they're not recreating 
the comic line, you know, next year we're going to see Crisis on Infinite Earths, but it's not going to be the exact same Crisis on Infinite Earths so, two-year comic run, hundreds of comic issues in, in the mid-'80s DC. It's going to be adapted for three or four night crossover event however they want to do it it's kind of what they've done with updating some of the x-men comics for the movies and everything essentially basically i mean it's it's like what christopher nolan did with the dark knight the dark knight is not the long halloween it's pieces from the long halloween and pieces from the killing joke and then he adapted it into his own story and molded it Batman Begins is not Batman Year One. It's kind of a combination of a couple of different things. The problem with what Zack Snyder went into was he didn't really, they didn't really have a story. So, like, if you look at Batman v Superman, oh, man, I love The Dark Knight Returns. That was a great comic. Yeah, it was. What's your story? Well, I just want to do stuff so that I can get to scenes that I can make look like they came out of the panels from Dark Knight Returns. Okay, well, why don't you do the story for Dark Knight Returns? Well, we can't because we haven't done anything up to earn it. <laughs> so it, it was just, well, let's just steal images from the Dark Knight Returns because everyone loves that. But we have no story to build around it, and nothing else makes any sense. So no, it did not. <laughs> but whatever. Hey, look, isn't that cool? There's a shot of Batman hanging off the side of a building with a lightning strike. Doesn't that look like Dark Knight Returns? Yeah, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) So you got to be careful when you adapt comics straight up. Sure. But I think that somebody at at Warner Brothers, if they haven't had this thought, they're stupid as balls. (laughs) Well, just putting it out there. That they just realize, okay, if we can up the budget for the the TV side to make it look somewhere like a, a kind of a Game of Thrones-ish HBO kind of level. Mm-hmm. I, it would be stupid to keep these things separated. I mean, make your own just big united universe and have a one or two movies every year and have your TV shows and just make sure that the movies are somewhat touching base because that's where Marvel Marvel kept saying everything was connected but the problem was they realized well the schedule of a TV show is its own demand so everything can't be connected so you can't cross pollinate from movie to TV and TV to movie you can only really go hey look there's Nick Fury on Agents of Shield once for some reason <laughs> and that's it and look out Someone familiar may just pop up. Who is it? It's Lady Sif from one of those Thor movies. Remember her? She was in Thor once. <laughs> All right. But uh, but just do a full-on cross-pollination multimedia. I mean, something that Star Wars has been failing at since Disney bought Star Wars. And they said, everything's connected. We're getting rid of the legends. So if you read a comic, you could see that character in a movie. And if you see a movie, you could see that character in a cartoon. And kind of, but not really. Whereas I think Warner Brothers just should learn from the model of Marvel, not copy what Marvel did movie-wise, but learn from what they tried and just go, look, we own all of this. We don't have to make a deal with Sony or buy Fox. We can just do all of this together and 
it's either tell great stories, but they're not connected and just kind of leave people wanting or make a big grand soap opera like Marvel and make billions of dollars every single time. Mm. Well, um, it, it took a while to draw me in. I'm not, uh, by nature, a comic book guy. Uh, so when they would announce these shows or whatever, I just kind of go, oh, okay, that's nice. Um, my, connection i actually started with the flash my connection to that character was the weird iterations of him in the modern dc movies i think i may have seen 10 minutes of that show from the late 80s or early 90s on cbs um back in the day and that was about it uh so to actually get in there and get hooked by the characters and the situations and everything um i mean I, I was just going wow i literally just did this for the sake of well i guess i could give this a try kind of thing and not having really any expectations about it and pretty much about five episodes in or so i was like okay i'm hooked i want to keep going with this and uh just because they're up on netflix and i watch all of these on netflix i've gotten through the first three seasons of that show there in what season four now i think they're in season five Oh, are they? Okay. They'll, be, they'll be in whatever season's not on Netflix. Okay, well, I, is it four? So, sure, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll say that. Um, no, it seems but, like more. It seems like more. I think, I don't know, something's telling me these Flash is on five, Supergirl's on four. Okay. I think. But that just might be me. I was going to say, well, we could always look it up. <laughs> no, we, um, I don't have time I, to go to the library or to call somebody to get information on this. Oh, man, the info desk again. Uh, but no, it, it was just kind of um, I, the comic book movies for me have always been somewhat hit or miss. And this was just something that I don't know if it was the longer play format or what uh, that really, you know, got me uh hooked and everything but um i i thought the you know acting was good and um you know for a tv budget the effects and everything like that were i thought pretty solid and it was a show that seemed to have ambition um which is another thing that i appreciated about it on the first watch and they have a talking shark well that always helps <laughs> <laughs> and it's not from buffy Hey, guess what? You're right. They're in season five. I thought so. End of recording. It's over. <laughs> I like, too, that I was getting, without getting, like, beat over the head with it or feeling like I was completely lost, I was getting introduced to the larger comic world, both of the Flash storylines with, uh, you know, all these different Earths and iterations of the character, some of them, you know, kind of being good or bad. Um you know, a character with good intentions who screws up. That's something that's obviously relatable and everything. Um, kind of reminded me a little bit of, like, Greatest American Hero that way, where it's just kind of like, well, let's just see what we can do. <laughs> um, but which was no Robert Culp telling Barry what to do. Come on, Barry, get in the jammies and let's uh, save Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Go on out there and run fast, Barry. Run! <laughs> Robert Culp yelling <laughs> Run, Barry! Uh, run. I really want Robert Culp in one of these suits. 
seasons for no reason. Well, if they can digitally bring him back to life and put him in, that would be fantastic. That would be great. Um, Supergirl was my next stop, and all my only connection with Supergirl was the uh, Helen Slater movie. The greatest connection to Supergirl. Yes. Um, and nothing about that movie ever made me get when they were, you know, previewing it and promoting it. Cause I think it came out around the Super Bowl one year. I don't know. It was 1984 and it was, Oh no, no, no. I mean, I mean the TV series, the modern series. Oh, probably. Cause it was on CBS. So I would say sure. Yeah. I just, I, I saw that. I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't want to invest the time. <laughs> um, Again, if we're basing it off of this character who was in this horrible movie in the 80s, I can't imagine they would have a whole lot good. Um, Let's face it, we haven't had the strongest of Superman entries here over the decades since the 70s. Um, So that was another reason I wasn't like, oh, I want to run in and see what this was about and everything like that. But again, very pleasantly surprised. (laughs) They know what they're doing. Yeah, and this really, to me... They found their stride even faster than the Flash. I'd agree with that. And they even had the Flash come on over for a crossover. Yeah, I was glad they kept that limited. (laughs) Getting too much of Buffy season four otherwise. (laughs) What's going on? Who's where? What? And look, it's Spike, the wacky neighbor. Uh, Stay tuned for an episode. Take a drink. We'll be doing Buffy. Um, So super done Buffy. I I have no idea. Oh God. Okay. I feel like we have, but I don't know. Look in the archives. I don't know. I'm sure we've talked about it enough. I don't know. Okay. Uh, So Flash, Supergirl. That's your only intro into this world. Or. well, I did do Legends of Tomorrow. Um, that was another one where I was a little bit hesitant to get into, quite honestly. Uh, they had that uh, fireball subplot story there in The Flash that was okay. Um, but it wasn't anything where I was like, oh, these guys are in a series? Uh, okay. Um, but again, just said, oh, I'll give this a shot. And... Uh, it had enough of its own kind of uh, flavor to it and everything um, to make it interesting. I liked the, uh, and I rarely say this because it's usually more of a mess, um, I ended up liking the time travel conceit quite a bit. So that's the one show I have not really partaken of much. Is it what everyone says is that it's much better than it has any right to be? Probably, yeah. Okay. Um, you, you start out and you're just kind of going, what is this? Um, and again, uh, I think they do a really nice job with the ensemble. I think you really, they do a nice job to me of opening up some interesting storylines with the whole time travel thing and making it not just a like, real simple thing. Um, they change up allegiances of characters because of some of the events that happen it's not like they're untouchable in it and everything like that so yeah i mean it just it's something that it goes down smooth 
some of the effects probably are not quite as sharp as the other two shows that I've mentioned at points, but um, nothing that's like unforgivable as far as being able to watch the show. All right, and for <laughs> and I've seen everything but Legends. I saw the first two episodes of Legends of Tomorrow, and I didn't go any further. And then I have been watching Arrows since the beginning, and Arrows, the one that started all this. And yeah, that's what you've said. I'd say Arrow is the toughest sit of all of them because it has its ebbs and flows in greater swaths than the others. It, yeah, my impression from the crossover episodes was everybody in that show was angry or had something to prove or whatever, and it just wasn't something that grabbed me. Kind of, but it's it it has ha- it has been good, and then there are times when it's been downright. I think I'm done with this show. <laughs> kind of <laughs> awful. Does it, does it have like Smallville issues or? Like, where they just got too no. many filler episodes in there, or they yeah, just meander kind of, too much, or... Kind of. Or, okay. But it also... Smallville was able to, save, stay able to save itself because it had not only just the soap opera drama could, could go, keep going back to, but it had the larger history of the Superman character to go back to and, and grab onto, whereas Arrow... I don't really know anything about the Green Arrow comics. It's it's not really something that seems like it has this huge open world that you can keep grabbing onto these ancient stories and be magical of things you could throw in. It just seems like, okay, it's Oliver Queen. He's a Robin Hood wannabe. And all I know from the comics is that he married Black Canary. But there's several Black Canaries now. So. I was going to say, well, that doesn't mean anything to me. So who who or what is Black Canary? Uh, Black Canary's the Laurel Lance who has, like, this ability to scream and blow people's heads off and stuff and fight. So Don't they, don't they have that character in Supergirl? That no. Character show up? No. I thought there was some character who showed up who was screaming at people and doing. Well, there might have was been. like their their power or something like that. Well, here okay, or maybe it was Legends of Tomorrow. I don't know. It was probably Legends of Tomorrow because here's here's how it all ties in. Is that okay. I I assume that they were they cast Katie Cassidy as Laurel Lance in the original run of Arrow. Okay. But I don't think they did a very good screen test with her and Stephen Amell because if you're going to follow the comic book line, eventually it's like, well, Clark's going to be with Lois. Bruce Wayne's going to be with Selena Kyle, Catwoman. And uh, Tony Stark's going to be with Pepper Potts. The the comic book should say, okay, well, Oliver Queen's going to be with Laurel Lance. But the chemistry between Stephen Amell and Katie Cassidy was virtually zero. So that just never went anywhere. They tried to force it, but it never went anywhere. Mm. And so what ended up happening is they brought on Felicity for just some little side role. Suddenly there was like a chemistry. So now it's nothing but Oliver and Felicity. And Felicity was just a character created out of thin air for the show. And so 
the black canary now has been this random power. Different people have it. Now there's a new one who's on the show that right now I can't even think of what her name is. Uh, she's a cop and I can't remember her, what her name is, but she's now got the power of the black canary. Uh, but Sarah is on legends of tomorrow, right? She was originally on arrow. That's Laurel's younger sister. And she had become the white canary where she had the screaming power or whatever. Yeah, they mentioned the white canary thing a couple of times, but I don't feel like they really play that up much, maybe beyond bits of the first season of Legends of Tomorrow. No, but the long roundabout is is that Arrow, has, of all of these shows, has been the one that has been a constant roller coaster of, hey, that's really cool. Hey, what the hell is going on right now? To, oh, oh this is this is the worst thing a show can be. It's boring. <laughs> and, and it happens too much. I, I think of all of these shows, it's the one that suffers the most from what our Smallville theory was on that show we did, which mm-hmm. was, which our theory on every one of these shows, less is more. You don't need to fill 22 hours of this shit. Ten episodes would be great of the story you could tell. And Arrow is the one that suffers from that the most because... It's filling so much just repetitive over, yes, Oliver's pissed. You haven't saved this city. We got to go watch him ride his motorcycle with this horrible background music on the streets of (laughs) Vancouver at night when no one's on this street. Oh, he's going to get this semi-truck that's full of something or another, and they're going to explode. But there's no one. Oh, God, it's again. And it, it just goes over and over and over, and every once in a while they hit on this little peak of story we're like oh that's good let's follow that and they follow it for a little bit and then they come back to something else that just drags it down but it's still going and it's still the the granddaddy of them all it's kind of the central focus where everyone got started so got i mean they're on season seven or yeah seven or eight, seven or eight i don't know they start at the end of 2012 wow. and at, at some point it's going to be the first to go and i'm curious as to how this whole Greg Berlanti verse is going to transition when it's granddaddy goes. Is he going to splinter off some of the characters? Is Stephen Amell just going to occasionally show up only for crossovers? Are they just going to cancel it outright and say sorry and go with the rest? I'm really curious as to where they're going to go because Arrow can't keep going <laughs> like this. It's just it, it's turning into a, a shell of itself as far as what they're trying to do, if they're continuing to do 22 episodes a year, I, I don't see how it can work. I, I think maybe they go, our fall shows are The Flash and Arrow, and our springtime shows are Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow, and each one has 12 episodes to fill, and they have a crossover in the middle that transitions them, or something like that to change the paradigm, because I don't know how they're going to keep going. Do you have a preference on how they would wrap it up? Just get canceled outright, or have some kind of proper? Well, I end? think I think I think they end Arrow at some point soon, and then allow the actors to go do whatever they need to do, but have a contract that says, "But you guys can show up in these other places." Like we we need Stephen Amell. We need you for. Instead of 
30 weeks a year living in Vancouver. We need you for three weeks a year to do the crossover and maybe dip into air or dip into the flash to do something or something like that. Because otherwise this isn't going to be able to go on forever. No TV ever goes on forever yet. How long they've been able to run these, this little universe is already quite a feat. Mm-hmm. Why do you think uh, it's got the longevity? Because Marvel, I mean, partially because of the agreement with Netflix, but I mean, they've been canceling stuff kind of left and right where the TV is involved. Well, th- those are that's a different animal. Th- th- sure. That's a that's a different beast because Disney's starting their own streaming service, so. They're they're pulling Luke Cage and Daredevil and Jessica Jones. They're going to pull all that stuff off of Netflix and either start them fresh on the Disney Plus, which I hope they don't because I think the actors are perfect for it. So I think, and they've already created something that people like for mm-hmm. the most part for all four, all five, I should say, the Punisher's in there too. And I, I think from the, the, the Marvel tangent is... They need to have something up their sleeve with Disney Plus to where they can revive those shows on a small, even on a smaller scale than what we've been talking about. I mean, we talk about shrinking down, and even that, where you look at Netflix and go, oh man, but they were still doing 13 of those, and that's still too long. They need to do like seven of those. Yeah. But as far as the DC side, that's what I mean. I think that you have this big crisis, and then when 2020, 2021 rolls around, You've seen that the Superman and the Batman just didn't work. So merge everything. (laughs) Merge the universes together. Collide them together. And you've got a successful Wonder Woman and a successful Aquaman. And now you're sitting there going, well, how the hell are we supposed to merge these things back together? We saw these guys with Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill. Well, fuck it. (laughs) Create a new character. Take the best version, whether it be the, from the film or TV, and make that the version. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And merge. You know, the Crisis on Infinite Earths, the whole point was it all squeezed down from the multiverse to here's the one existence now. Squeeze this all down so the multiverse squeezes down to suddenly Stephen Amell is going, who's that fish guy? And Momoa comes up, yeah, my man, oh! And, <laughs> and, and yeah, I can't wait for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, better than that. That movie made a billion dollars. They're fine. And then, you know, Gal Gadot and, and Melissa Benoist can can go off together as as superheroines to save the world. And uh, Tyler Hecklin can become Superman for for all the ages. And were most of these leads in these shows, I mean, there's a few exceptions, obviously, but were, like, were these kind of their initial big break kind of things? Well, Grant Gustin and Melissa Benoist were both on Glee. And okay. That's, that's where I knew they where they came from. Um, Stephen Never watched Glee, so I would have had no clue. Oh, <laughs> uh, sure. Stephen Amell was on a couple random TV shows. Okay. Uh, before he had gotten his big break. Um, if we just run down the line of, hey, where do you know these people from? Yeah. Uh, like Daniel Panabaker had been, has been around for a long time acting. Of the the main cast from The Flash, he's the one I recognize the most besides, uh, what's his bucket? 
Um, <laughs> yeah, good old what's his name? <laughs> uh, do, uh, Dr. Uh, oh, shit. The freaking Harrison Wells. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was in whatever the NBC show was forever. Oh, God. NBC show forever. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, man. Somebody's out there screaming, it's the, the, the I, I don't know, whatever. Um, I'm looking. <laughs> uh, it was an NBC show. It was on Fre- Freck. Um, where he, he had like a bowling alley or something. Uh, oh, 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 oh. With, with uh, Jason Lee? Was it? Oh, for crying out loud. I don't. I can't even think of what the hell is the actor's hey, name. Good news, he was in Yogi Bear movie. Or... Well, it's sure. a video game and movie. All right, still looking. I'm looking. Tom Cavanaugh. And he was in... Ed, that's what it was called. Ed. Ed. Ed, hello. Hello. (laughs) Anyway, that useless tangent of a minute and a half of radio was uh, all back to where did I recognize these people from? Just just makes us look authentic. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'd say of of the cast of all these shows, the ones I recognize the most... Uh, was Daniel Panabaker was in Sky High. She was in the remake of or the reboot of Friday the 13th years ago. Um, Katie Cassidy was in the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street and she was an arrow. Uh, Jesse L. Martin was on a bunch of Law and Orders for 20 years. So oh, I'm sure I've seen advertisements with him in it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But outside of that, everybody else was kind of sliding into the unknown territory. Well, Brandon Routh was Superman. Oh, sure. <laughs> and they've had some fun with uh, the character who he is on uh, Legends of Tomorrow. The uh, Atom. I think kind of, yes, riffing off of some of that. Yeah, and he started on Arrow. So some uh, some good comes out of it. You've got, there you go. You've got Sarah Lance and Ray Palmer coming from Arrow. As far as the Legends of Tomorrow crew, that's mainly them from it's from Arrow and Flash, because mm. Supergirl was on CBS. So by the time they had spun that off, they weren't sure if they could pull anybody from there. Yeah. But anyway, on this long roundabout <laughs> foolishness, so what you're saying is, is you'd recommend Flash, you'd recommend Supergirl, you'd sort of recommend Legends of Tomorrow. I'd recommend pieces and parts of Arrow. Uh, you mentioned a couple other series there. How much Gotham did you oh, watch? Uh, I mean, there, Black Lightning is also on CW. I watched the first two episodes of that. That has no tie to the Berlanti universe. Uh, Gotham, I watched the first five episodes back in the day, and people have said that it is a show that you either have to really kind of get into the groove of what they're doing or just think this is schlocky idiocy. And there's well, no middle ground. Is the conceit there that it's like everyone's really young? It's just every it. It's just everything central around Jim Gordon as a cop and all of the famous criminal names you know at the beginning of their criminal naminess. 
and then, okay. a, and then a young Bruce Wayne hanging out with Alfred. And so that Gotham super villains year one. It really is. Uh, okay. But again, I have not watched enough of it personally. I've not laid my own personal eyeballs enough to say quality wise what it is. I, it Again, just going off of people that I trust, I've heard either, hey, this is really cheesy but fun, or others saying, oh, God, what is this? <laughs> so it, there's no middle ground on it. You have, you have to really be into it. And, I again, like I said, I've seen bits and pieces of it, and I think I'd come down on the side of, well, the side of where I'm at, which is I haven't watched it since the fifth episode of five years ago, and it was just kind of like, buh. So <laughs> I'll be, uh, that, that's fine. It, but it's not tied to anything either. It, it just is DC in name, but it's on Fox, so it has no tie to the Berlanti universe. Okay. So just sticking solely in the Berlanti-verse, I'm going to be curious to see how they start lopping some of these shows off because that they're they're getting so intertwined that this is the downside of what we keep begging for. We keep begging for this combine it all, but then well, how do you untangle it cuz it's too combined? <laughs> it's uh how do we get out of here? I don't know. Open that steam pipe. Ah, close it. It's full of steam. <laughs> I mean, they're going to get what they're asking for here. Well, um, how would you feel if they uh, shattered this thing and you saw just they took a lot of these iterations off TV and you just got more of this in movie forms every, uh, you know, maybe adopt more of the Marvel model and you've got like two big tentpole DC movies per year and nothing series-wise really going on. Yeah, see, I don't think they're going to do that. I just wonder where we'll be in, like, say, another five years. Are, are we just going to be watching Greg Berlanti dig the depths of the DC character universe to try and come up with anything and everything to fill time? <laughs> you can't escape, Berlanti. <laughs> <laughs> You're stuck just working with all of these characters. Well, I guess we could do a Booster Gold and Blue Beatles show, but do we want to? <laughs> do we really need more DC TV shows? Uh, they could do The Question. as a cool character from DC that they haven't done yet. Um, uh, the, the Question? Yeah. <laughs> or or <laughs> let's do a Cheetah show. <laughs> Really? Can't Kristen Wiig just do the movie? Well, let's bring her into TV. She don't want it. Okay, fine. I, I, I don't. I really don't know. That that's the part where it becomes a pickle. That's where I think you think outside the box and you just start merging the cinematic and television worlds to create just one big. Because otherwise, they are going to face some serious shit. I mean, I wonder if the crisis on infinite earths that they've already said is they've already teased as the next big crossover a year from now. I wonder if that they do have a, a plan in their office of like, all right, well, this is the way we're going to smush everything together and it's going to change everything, which means that might end arrow and maybe it'll end legend of tomorrow, which it's, People say is kind of the weak link of the rating side. 
and I don't know, maybe they merge into a, a, a DC Heroes show, and it's not just arrows on this night, flashes on this night. Maybe it's just, well, we got the crews up here. We're just going to make the DC Power Hour, and it's this week, <laughs> the adventures of Barry Allen, and next week's the adventures of Kara Danvers, and we, we sometimes cross them every other week. Who knows? Mm-hmm. What uh, what would you like to see more of as far as like this aesthetic and this story presentation, um, like as far as the movies go and everything? I mean, what what would be some lessons, I guess, that could be easily learned absent, like directly taking some of these actors and actresses out of this? Um, what would be some real basic things that you think could make the movies better um, when we're sitting here looking at these TV shows and going, these are pretty quality. Make Superman more like the Tyler Hecklin Superman? Yeah, I like that iteration of Superman. Turn that back. What would you like to see? Um, again, I I don't really in in... And I'm treading carefully because I'm sure I'm going to forget something when I make a broad statement like this. Um, I don't really care about the film versions of any of these characters. Some of them are more interesting or entertaining, but at the end of the day, I don't really care about their relationships or what's happening. Usually they're just fighting some big CGI menace, um, running around, gathering up people for the fight um and you don't get much in the way of character or anything for me to really invest in beyond all right well that was a cool sequence so um yeah just just stronger uh relationship building with the characters i think would help quite a bit i think you just summed up what the dc movie universe has been for the last eight years and it's, hey, that's a cool sequence. <laughs> Here's some Rakitai. <laughs> Check out Martha. This. Check out this. It's a cool sequence. Uh, what's the uh, character thread here? The, the what now? <laughs> <laughs> Here's a really weird iteration of Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it cool? Look at him. He shoots hoops like Mark Zuckerberg. Isn't that cool? What does he want? What, what now? <laughs> He's a threat. Uh, Why? How? <laughs> Why? <laughs> what does he want? Does he want Superman? Yeah. What does he want? Because um, he likes Luther. That's what he does. <laughs> okay. Other than Superman climbing in a bathtub with Lois Lane. <laughs> what, is, what is this guy doing? <laughs> yeah, but isn't that hot? That's cool, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I just I have had no reason to get invested in the characters um, with these film iterations. Again, some of them are much better than others. Uh, but, yeah, just overall taken as a whole, it's just hasn't happened for me. So that would be my number one recommendation for how they could vastly improve the movies. Uh, the other the other nice thing about all of these shows is. I don't feel like they suffer at all from the reactionary 
decision making that just poisons the creative process with the movies. They they seem to have their own arc and vision, and they're just kind of like, well, this is where we're going. <laughs> yes, that's wonderful. Oh, I <laughs> I have an idea. Ah. I'll close out with this idea, and I'll I'm stealing it from Ron Howard. Ah, uh-huh. you would. <laughs> <laughs> Yoink. So years ago, they talked about doing The Stand with mm-hmm. the Stephen King. This or Was it The Stand or... No, Dark Tower. Dark Tower. And they talked about years ago how they're going to set up and do a short-form series on HBO for through like a winter. And then they're going to have a movie in the summer that then is going to dovetail into another eight episode run that winter, which will then come out with another movie the following summer. They're going to do that for two or three years in a row. And that was the plan for the dark tower until ultimately, Hey, remember the dark tower movie with Matthew McConaughey? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that came out. Um, So what about you up the production budget? You show you keep, you know, four or five shows running. You do a Superman show with Tyler Hecklin. You do a Batwoman show or you do a Batman show or, or something like that. And then, and and you can do different shows every year. So you don't have to lock people into this eight-year permanent contract on TV because, you know, that's how it's always been done. Well, great. Let's change it up a little bit. And then every year there's either one or two tentpole movies that are essentially for all intents and purposes Justice League movies where you bring all of these characters together that have been on their shows plus people who've been on previous shows and previous years bring them together and every year you have some form of a Justice League movie so it's a it's like the Avengers every three years come out with an Avengers movie and there's been a couple of individual movies beforehand but instead of well you just got a movie to know who Captain America is, and then they're going to team up. No, how about we have a full-on series of Green Arrow has a full-on a season with Green Arrow and Flash and Supergirl, and suddenly we're going to go in June of 2019, coming to theaters. It's Justice League Annihilation or whatever. And you have Arrow and Supergirl and Flash And then Superman shows up. Oh, hey, we haven't seen him since he was on his show last year. But he's here, and there's Batwoman. And they just introduced uh, Bizarro. Just got introduced in this show. And now, all of a sudden, in the fall, coming to CW, the Bizarro show. (laughs) Superman, pussy, and beer. (laughs) Legion of Doom. Yeah, that sounds like it'll be a hit. <laughs> I don't know, but it's something like that where they, the, they're instead of the crossover event in the winter on CW with four sh- TV shows, your crossover event is your big movie once a year or twice a year. And then. Well, they're kind of trying to do that, aren't they, as far as, like, the TV series go when they have these crossover things that go on for probably, like, sweeps month or something? Well, no, the crossovers are literally, like, an episode per show. 
Right. But I mean, it's it's an overarching story, though, that is essentially just a big movie that's just broken up and aired on different shows. Yeah. Yeah. But it's on that budget. But I'm saying do that, but mix with the cinematic world so that you've got the entirety of the DC universe for 70 years, which is huge. The library of characters. I mean, and you can't tell me, oh, nobody's ever going to watch a Booster Gold show. We've never heard of them. Great. Let's go back five years. Have you ever heard of a talking raccoon and a talking tree? Now they're like the <laughs> most popular things in, in the entire world with kids. So screw that. You do it right and you'll make people like it. Oh, you mean you care about the characters and you connect with them and it matters? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but check it out. I can make him say the same mother's name as his mother's name, and that causes all sorts of conflict. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good Lord. What would you like to see? How would you like to see the Berlantiverse go on based on what you've seen so far? Um, okay. I, I worry a little bit about what you were kind of alluding to with either overreach or overstaying your welcome. I think the whole like leave them wanting more is probably a good way of doing it and set you up for better possibilities in the future. Um, I don't know how, again, not being versed uh, the way you are in the DC universe, I don't know where to even suggest that you would go. It's like, oh, you should like totally do this character or that character. Um, again, I'm just liking the some of the kind of updates as far as the presentation stuff goes when you were talking a little bit ago for some reason my my mind about bizarro my mind went to uh how they chose to do the brainiac characters um in this versus you know like the super friends version of that character um and i'm just gonna like oh thank god this was done so much more like entertaining and smart um so uh just again it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna keep this stuff going do it for the right reasons do it for the creativity do it for the storytelling don't do it just because it's like well here's a here's a potential cash cow and um just the have the you know quality and some of the energy of these things just dip and become you know lesser well one thing I do want them to, to do and I would love to see is on the next crossover, since a couple years ago on the first crossover, they came to Cincinnati and shot some pictures of Union Terminal and turned it into the Hall of Justice. Yeah, I saw that. They really need to do the Legion of Doom head coming out of the murky swamp at some point. They just have to have somebody come on to like the Flash and and somebody takes over the PA system at Star Labs and you hear, meanwhile, at the murky swamp. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, (laughs) at the Legion of Doom. (laughs) And just somebody sitting there, I'm going to get you, you super fools. Everybody, that can be a Halloween episode for a show. They're all dressed up in their original, like, super friend garb. Well, they cast John Cryer as Lex Luthor, so they, they you know that pretty soon we just have to hear him. I'm going to get you, you super fool. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. Oh, hey, uh, totally random tangent as we're starting to wrap up here. Are we looking forward to anything in particular here in 2019 so far? 
superhero or not? Uh, any su- intriguing any intriguing entries coming up? Yes, yeah, superhero Bob Mueller. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> what are you looking forward to? Uh, well, the the trailer, the teaser trailer for Spider-Man uh, 2 uh, coming up here in July looked good to me. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about how they're doing another Terminator movie. Um, is that coming out this year? It is. It is. It is. Okay. Um, I don't know a whole lot other than Linda Hamilton is back. Well, now that we have left official reboot cool world, uh-huh. where it's just picking up where we left off with the old actors, now it's picking up where we left off selectively getting rid of shit we don't like and then coming back with the old actors. <laughs> so, so there's the Force Awakenings reboot cool, and now there's the Halloween reboot cool, which is, you know, we don't like any of those other sequels. Eh, just the first one happened. Go. So... Apparently, this is going to be Terminator 1, Terminator 2 happened, and that's yeah, about it. That's all they're going to say. They've tried that a couple of times, I feel like, though. But not with Linda Hamilton. Well, that's true, but... <laughs> She's going to save us all. Oh, well. Um, what else we got? Oh, lots of Marvel stuff coming up this year. We got Captain Marvel and Avengers and Spider-Man... And uh, how, I, how are you feeling about the second Avengers movie? I am anticipating how they wrap up this 10 year story. You think that it's going to leave too many things just kind of like with either thudding conclusions or too wide open or that it's going to contract? Or do you think it's going to expand the storytelling possibilities for that? I have, I have no idea. I'm I'm completely at the hands and mercy of Kevin Feige. He can do whatever the hell he wants and <laughs> figure out how he wants to do it. Pick I, up I have the no pieces idea. later. Okay. I, I mean, I have no idea. What do you think? I, I you've now finally seen Infinity War because yeah, I, I finally I no get idea. there. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, I don't. Okay, so we're we're all kind of anticipating both from contract reasons and just probably the fact that these people are getting bored of playing these characters uh, that either both Captain America and Iron Man are going to be gone. Do you think that they're going to bother to replace them and you know, Bucky is going to become the new Captain America are they going to take that step you think in this movie or do you think it's just kind of like, okay, well this is like the resolution to these character stories we're not going to like push where we're going right now with any of this stuff. We'll just see what happens. Well, the thing is, is that they're doing streaming shows on the Disney plus service with Bucky and Falcon and with Loki and with vision and Scarlet, Witch. they're doing their own series. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't know how much turnover in the movies they are going to do. Mm. I, I think there's it's just like the DC problem. There's so many Marvel characters that have been created over the years that they could just keep deep diving into the well of inventory and keep coming up with something new. Yeah. So you can have the new Avengers come out, which is it's Spider-Man and Black Panther and and 
and Bucky or, or Falcon or whoever. It, it, I mean, they tried to do that at the end of uh, Age of Ultron where they had the new Avengers come into the hangar and it was uh, Don Cheadle and Vision, or uh, not Vision. No, it was Vision. Yeah, yeah. Vision was the Yeah, Vision, Scarlet Witch, Falcon, Don Cheadle. And that was the new Avengers. So I'm sure they'll come up with something where they kind of split them off and say, hey, look, if the world needs us, we'll... We'll come back together. I don't think. I, don't I think, like how the, I like how the other characters get superhero names. And Don Cheadle, Don, <laughs> and Don Cheadle. Cheadle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, superhero Don. You know, Cheadle. superhero Don Cheadle. <laughs> <laughs> he saves us all. He does. <laughs> He's Snoop. Forever, he will be Snoopy Miller. Shit. So, I don't know. That sounds. It's a discussion for another time. But oh, sure, I, I think sure. that it's going to be. You know, Captain Marvel, and they'll they'll work in the X Men and the Fantastic Four now that they're getting them back under the umbrella, so that we'll have another Avengers movie in like four or five years, and it'll be Spider Man leading the way with Captain Marvel, Black Panther, and the Fantastic Four as the the the, the mutant gene is discovered and something goes. I I don't know, but mm. they have so many different ways to go. I think the only thing is. I think Downey is done, except yeah. he may become the voice of, like, a new Jarvis, just because. And then I think Chris Evans will hang around only as, like, a mentor so that they'll they'll bring him in at some point down the line as, like, teach these kids what to do, Cap, and get a good old five-minute, oh, look, it's Cap. He's back fighting again. That's who we remember. Okay, thanks. See you later, bud. And, and that's where he'll be. I don't hey, think thanks. he'll be killed. Thanks for saving people, Cap. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he'll get killed. I don't think Chris Evans will get killed. He'll just be an aging mentor who goes off to do whatever he's going. he wants to do. Okay. That's my opinion. All right. Well, we will find out shortly. Meanwhile, <laughs> back in the D.C. murky swamp, the Berlantiverse continues forever and ever and ever. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Episodes can be downloaded on iTunes or at EnceladusLiterary.com. Opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of Enceladus Literary. Okay, but... Ah!